Please remain standing if you're able, and let's turn in our Bibles to our sermon text, Genesis chapter 40. Genesis 40, page 33 in the Blue Bible. Genesis 40, hear God's holy word. Sometimes after, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night, they both dreamed. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, We've had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you, 
On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and placed, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Amen. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. You may be seated. There's one thing that we really ought to marvel at as we're reading through these chapters about Joseph. And that is that God is doing many, many things, many good things, by his providence here. He's accomplishing not just uh, one thing in the life of one person, but all kinds of things, many wonderful things. He's managed to bring Joseph down to Egypt, and through a, through a terrible way, of course, his brother's selling him as a slave, but through that sad uh, trial, the Lord has gotten him down to Egypt, right where he wanted him to be, and he's put him in place where he will eventually be in position to be a savior for his family and for the people of Israel. The lives of Joseph's whole family and his own father are going to be saved uh, from the famine that is about to come upon the land. And uh, the 12 tribes of Israel that will grow there in Egypt into a vast number of people, into a nation over the next 400 years. And this is all going to be the fulfillment of God's old promises to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, his promises to make their descendants into a great nation. It's amazing to think that it starts through the suffering and unjust treatment of this one young man. And you know, that's at least a partial fulfillment of God's promise to make a great nation out of Israel. Only really a partial fulfillment because that promise that God made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob It's about more than just an ethnic people. It's about more than just the Jewish people. It also pertains uh, to something much bigger than that, and that is Abraham's spiritual descendants from among the Jews and the Gentiles. And, of course, that's what we see happening in the New Testament. The promise to Abraham goes out through the gospel to the nations, And all who come to share the faith of Abraham by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. So, those promises include us today who have faith in Jesus. We are the sons of Abraham just as much as any Jewish person who believes in Christ. Now, the Lord was doing even more than that through these circumstances. Uh, Of course, he is doing a great work in the life of this young man, Joseph. God's using his providence and ordering all these things to do much good through this trial in that young man's life. 
And he does the same with us through our trials. If we belong to Christ, we can count on that. He's doing that. He's working in good ways through all our trials. He doesn't waste any of those things. He uses them to change us. He uses them to humble us. He uses them to form godly character in us. Uh, Those character qualities that we read about in our earlier scripture reading, uh, often those are the things that God forms in us through trials, the trials that we go through. And that's what he was doing with Joseph as well. And we now have these things written down in scripture for us to learn from. This story of Joseph and his life is here to benefit us, uh, and it wouldn't be if it were not for God's providence uh, bringing these things about. Think about what we read of last week, Joseph's temptation. Uh, What a powerful uh, message that is in showing us how to respond to temptation. We can learn so much about how we should deal with our temptations when they come to us. Uh, By the way, we see Joseph, his temptation. And we can learn from that story only because God in his providence brought these these things about, put Joseph into these circumstances, hard circumstances, really terrible circumstances that he had to go through. And God's also going to use these uh, events in the the life of Joseph and his brothers Uh, to work in their lives, to sanctify them, to humble them, to bring them to the end of themselves, as we'll see later on. And we could name uh, a number of other things, probably, probably any number of other good purposes that God was working to bring about good through these difficult circumstances that Joseph found himself in. But my point is that we just, we really need to think big. We need to see um, by faith and marvel at this great God that we have who accomplishes uh, so many things, so many wonderful things through his providence, uh, through our trials. And we see it here through the trials of this young, young man, Joseph. You know, Paul uses this phrase, the manifold wisdom of God when he writes about God's eternal purposes that he accomplished through Jesus Christ, the manifold wisdom of God. Well, here in this story, here in the Old Testament, we're seeing on a a smaller scale um, that manifold wisdom of God unfolding through his providence. And in a way, we see that in our own lives as well, and we can trust that God is working by his manifold wisdom in our lives. You should remember that and be encouraged that your God is doing far, far more than you know or more than you could even imagine through the trials and the troubles that you go through in this life. Well, in our passage here, we... We uh, see God continuing to work out his good purposes by his providence. Joseph finds himself in a bad spot again. Uh, His unwillingness to compromise 
and sin with Potiphar's wife was costly for him. She falsely accused him of attempted rape and got him thrown in prison. And so now he's wrongly imprisoned. He's stuck in that prison that he refers to as a pit. And yet we see that God's favor was still with him. We're not really sure how long um, Joseph was there in that prison. Uh, It may have been a long time. It may have been many years. But God's favor is still with him. Uh, At some point, he meets these two prisoners, the cupbearer and the baker, these two officials of Pharaoh. One was uh, the official who was in charge of tasting Pharaoh's wine uh, to make sure it was not poisoned, probably to make sure it was up to par as well. The other had a similar responsibility with Pharaoh's food. But they both had fallen out of favor. They both had somehow given offense to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had them thrown in prison. Maybe he got sick after uh, a meal that he served, and he didn't know. Was it the the wine or was it the, the food? So he throws them both in this prison, this pit. And because of God's favor on Joseph, he had risen to a place of responsibility, and he was put in charge of these men, taking care of them. And one night, they both had these disturbing dreams, and they were very disturbed by them. The Egyptians put a lot of stock in dreams uh, as a way to tell the future. They believed that sleep actually somehow put you in touch with another world. And there were diviners, professional diviners in Egypt who made a living Uh, interpreting dreams like this. This was an occult practice, the kind of thing that the Lord explicitly told the Israelites not to engage in, to stay far from this. But in the prison here, uh, these men had no access to a diviner. After these dreams that they had, they probably thought, oh, we could really use one of those professional diviners And they were so sad. And when Joseph found them in the morning, he could see uh, their fallen faces. He said, why are your faces downcast today? And they said, we have had dreams, and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Now, Joseph's response to them here tells us something of what the Lord was doing in him, in his heart. He points these men to the Lord, first of all. He points them to the Lord, Yahweh, as the source of all knowledge. Basically says, forget about those human diviners. That was sort of a racket. Joseph's testifying to the true God. He says he is the one who gives knowledge. He gives glory to the Lord. I think that's a good reminder to us. Whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, 
God wants us to glorify him in those circumstances. And he'll even give us opportunities to testify of him to others. And Joseph does that here. He shows his trust in God, and he points these men to God and urges them to trust in God as well, the true God. It's beautiful. He trusts in God, and he points others to the true God, even while he's in this terrible situation in this prison. May God enable us to do likewise in our circumstances and be a help to others, even when we are suffering. Next, Joseph tried to help these men, and he asked them their dreams. Remember, he had experiences with dreams himself, and he was able to interpret theirs with the Lord's help. First, the cupbearer told him his dream, this dream about the vine and the three branches that produced all these grapes, beautiful imagery. And he took those grapes in the dream, and he squeezed them into the cup and served them to Pharaoh. Joseph gave the meaning. He said, the three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you. And you will place Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just like before. God gave Joseph this interpretation. He acknowledged this was the Lord's uh, interpretation of this. He tells the man such good news, and he was overjoyed. Good times, good days were just three days away for this man. Well, Joseph asked him for a small favor. Knowing that he's about to be released, he's about to be sent right back into Pharaoh's presence, and Pharaoh's favor would be restored to this man, Joseph says, please remember me and tell Pharaoh about me so that I can be taken out of this pit. That's a reasonable request. Joseph thought, surely this man will remember the help that I've given to him, and he'll tell Pharaoh about this, uh, this amazing event and the dream and tell him about me. And Joseph thought, maybe this is how it's going to happen. Maybe this is how the Lord will get me out of this prison. Well, then it's the baker's turn. The baker's so happy and encouraged when he hears the good news that Joseph gave to uh, the cupbearer. He couldn't wait to tell Joseph his dream, and so he uh, quickly did. He tells him this dream about the three baskets on his head, and the top one was full of baked goods for Pharaoh. But then he said there was a disturbing thing that happened next in the dream. The birds were eating the food out of the basket on my head. Well, again, the Lord gave Joseph understanding of the meaning of this dream, and it was shocking. But Joseph told the truth. He gave the meaning that he had received from the Lord. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh is going to lift up your head from you. He's going to hang you on a tree. 
and the birds will eat your flesh. Bad news. First the good news, then the bad news. There was no nice way to deliver this message, no nice way to say these things, but Joseph faithfully reported them. He gave the word of God to this man. He told the truth as God told it to him. That's what we need to do today as believers in Christ. That's what pastors in churches need to do. Each of us, um, if we're ever in teaching roles or have opportunity to share God's word with someone, we need to tell it as God told it. Don't hold back the bad news as well as the good. You know, when you're telling somebody about Jesus Christ, you need to tell them the bad news as well. You need to tell them that they are lost and in need of salvation, that they are condemned by nature as sinners. But God has sent his son into the world to save all who will put their faith in him. Don't hold back from telling the bad news and the good news just because of how you think someone might respond. It's true that many will respond negatively, but their response isn't your responsibility. That's not something you and I need to worry about. You just need to say what God says, just as I do here from the scriptures. You have to say what God says in his word. Again, people will not always like that message. You tell someone about uh, their sin and tell them that God's judgment is coming and apart from repenting and putting their faith in Jesus Christ, they will be lost eternally and suffer eternal wrath for their sins. Many will hate that message. And they might hate you for sharing it. Again, you can't worry about that. A person's response is not your responsibility. You just have to speak what God has spoken in his word. And as you do that, you never know how God may honor his word and bless his word even as you deliver it. God may use that to change person's life and grant them salvation. Then we see Joseph's interpretations here come to pass. Pharaoh often pardoned prisoners on his birthday. Apparently that was the custom and that is what happened here. The chief cupbearer was pardoned and restored to his position. But the chief baker was not. He was hanged, just as Joseph foretold. Joseph then thought, well, that man's been restored. The cupbearer is out of prison. He's back in Pharaoh's good graces. Surely, it's only a matter of time now. He'll talk to Pharaoh about me, and I'll be out of this prison. But it never happened. 
It's hard to believe that this man, uh, after something so dramatic, uh, would just completely forget about Joseph. But we're told that's exactly what happened. He forgot Joseph. Day after day went by, but Joseph never heard anything. Must have been very disappointed. But his life went on there in the pit. But here again, God's providence was continuing to be at work. God was showing his manifold wisdom by bringing his good purposes to pass in just the right way, even through this, even through making Joseph wait longer in that pit, in that prison. Think about that when you have to wait a long time for answers to prayer. You can trust and know that God is working his good purposes out even as he makes you wait. He's working good in you. He's building your faith, teaching you to continue to rely upon him even though you haven't gotten what you asked for. He's developing good character qualities like perseverance and patience in us. Think of Abraham and Sarah. They waited for many decades for the promised son. Moses waited 40 years as a shepherd before God used him to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. David is another example. David had to wait a long time to be anointed as, or rather to become king after he was anointed. He was anointed and then a long, long, long stretch of persecution by Saul before David became king. You have to think delaying is one of God's favorite tools in his toolbox. It's one of his most powerful tools, one of his uh, go-to tools for the lives of his people. He forms our character with these delays. He teaches us to trust in him. One writer, Raymond Edmond, wrote, Delay never thwarts God's purposes. It only polishes his instruments. Remember that when he delays to give you what you've asked for or what you think you need. His purposes are greater than we know. So much greater than our being comfortable or having what we think we need. His purposes are greater. He is wiser than we are. He's forming us in his likeness. Know that. That's his main goal. Not to make us comfortable, but to make us like his son. And people, God may use your long trials in ways that will bless you and bless others far more than you can imagine. He delays getting Joseph out of this prison, but... Look what, he does, look what he does through that delay. The delay itself is part of his plan. Uh, not just to work in Joseph's life, 
but it's not time yet to pull Joseph out of that prison. At just the right time, he'll bring him out of there and he will be appointed to the position that he needs to be in to save the people of Israel. In a couple of years from this point, um, he's going to be raised up as a servant of Pharaoh. But it wasn't time yet. If he'd been freed through the uh, appeal of the cupbearer, or cupbearer rather, uh, things might have been very different. It wasn't time yet. He may have never been put in that position to save his family and Israel and so many others during that famine. So you have to conclude that God knows what he's doing far better than we do. He has far better plans than the plans that we think are best for ourselves. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His wisdom is so much wiser than ours. It's perfect. His wisdom is perfect. His working of his providence is perfect. We don't like to wait. We don't like to suffer hardships. We, we would rather be comfortable. We'd rather be trial-free, right? But God's purposes don't unfold that way. He is very patient. And he will bring his perfect will to pass in his time in our lives. And that will be the very best thing. Joseph learned that. Surely later, at the end of this book, he would look back and know God knew exactly what he was doing. I'm so glad he didn't do it the way I wanted it. So he learned that, and we should too. We can learn it from the scriptures here. We can also be comforted in the meantime, though, with the same kind of comfort that Joseph had. He knew that God was with him. And we can know that as well. He's with us every step of the way, we who belong to his son. He is with you, and he will bless you right there in the midst of your trials and your waiting. May he help each of us to believe that and to trust in him in those times, whatever our circumstances may be. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, you are sovereign and good and all-wise. You are perfect in your wisdom and your providence. And we really need to believe that so that we will just trust in you. Your ways are perfect, and our plans and our desires are, are not. Help us to believe and to trust in you when we're being stretched and tried in such hard ways with different afflictions in this life, trials and tribulations. Help us to learn to patiently wait upon you. 
and to trust in your wisdom and to lean on you for grace, the grace that we need in those circumstances. We thank you for your help and for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen.